Holy Spirit. How many of you have enjoyed this, this series for the, this time? Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of you have. It's been awesome. Um, I have too. I've enjoyed preaching it. I've enjoyed teaching it. It's, again, it's been a little different because I am by traits, by gifting, I'm a pr- more a preacher than a teacher. And so uh, when I start teaching, I get too bogged down in details. So I usually just preach. But this series, I've been doing a lot more teaching because I think it is important for us to know something about who the Holy Spirit is, right? The Bible is full of, the, of, of talking about, full of teaching on the Holy Spirit. And it's a thing that we don't oftentimes talk about in church. We hear a lot about God, a lot about Jesus the Son, but not a lot about the Spirit. And so we are a church that believes in the Spirit. We believe in the Word of God. And so we want to do, to walk through this. And so last week, Pastor Tyler talked about how the Holy Spirit fits into the Trinity. I heard he did great last week. Uh, uh, yeah, give him a little shout. This morning I heard he did awesome. Um, he is, he's a smart guy. He's smarter than I am, to be honest with you. And so, uh, and then today we're going to finish on the gifts of the Spirit. And you know, here's the truth for you today. We serve a supernatural God, don't we? Right? We serve a supernatural God. If you read the Bible, you will find that the, that the God of the Bible is a supernatural God. What you will also see as you read the Bible is you will see that God uses people to do supernatural things as well, doesn't he? And see, that's the whole kind of concept of this whole series. Now, when I was uh, at the coffice on Wednesday, now the coffice is code word for the coffee shop, Caribou, that I hang out at on, on Wednesday mornings. Uh, to do studying. So I was there at the coffice on Wednesday morning, and I was kind of working through some of the stuff for my, for my series and my, uh, my, my message today. And what I came across and I thought about as I looked up from my notes at one point, as I, I said, man, I have been in this exact same position many, many times. Where I have sat here and the same people have come in, the same people have bore the same drinks, the same people have come in. I, I, I've kind of gotten to know a few people that are regulars that come in consistently. Uh, they just they come in, they're, they're there. I've been in that same position time and time again. It's very safe. It's very natural. It's very normal, very easy for me. And I thought, as I was preparing this message, I thought, what would happen if something supernatural happens right now? How would I feel? What would happen in my life as I, if I saw that? I thought, man, I'd be probably a little, maybe I'd be a little shocked. Maybe I'd be a little surprised. I mean, I, I don't know. Because we, we really kind of work our whole lives, don't we? In the idea that we protect ourselves, we put in all kinds of guards and things around us to ensure that everything that we know and see and experience is safe, is easy, and predictable, don't we? So many of us, our lives are pretty predictable. You get up at whatever time you get up. You go you eat breakfast. You go to get the kids off to school. You, you go to work. You mean, you just kind of do the same thing over and over and over again. And we work hard to do that. So what happens when God breaks in and there is something that happens that's, su- that's supernatural? We're, we're used to life without this. And yet, you don't have the Bible without the supernatural. If you would today, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we've been kind of focusing on chapter 12 and chapter 14 throughout this entire series. Those two chapters have been kind of our our main focus, our, our main area. We've used other things, but Paul is teaching on the Holy Spirit 
deeply in these two parts of, of Scripture. And so 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 says, but the manifestation. Now, that's a word we don't use a whole lot outside of church circles, right? No one says, no one walks around and says, hey, did you see the manifestation of, no, no one does that, but the Bible has that word in. So what does this mean? Well, it simply means the demonstration, it's another word for demonstration, or it's the visible evidence of the, pre- the presence and the working of the Holy Spirit. When you have the work of the Holy Spirit, when you have the Holy Spirit, as, who, as the Word tells us, lives inside of us as believers, when you have the Holy Spirit in you, there's going to be something that's going to be seen from that re- example, isn't there? That's manifestation. You're going to look different. You're going to talk different. You're going to act different. You're going to think different. You're going to see different. There's going to be something different about you. And I will tell you, if your life is marked by looking exactly like everybody else around you, if there is no change between you and someone else who does not know God, I would encourage you to go back to your walk with Christ and say, Lord, Jesus, why? Because when the Holy Spirit's living inside of you, something is going to be different about you, right? That's this whole idea here. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another one, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another one, faith by the same Spirit. To another one, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. Another one, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another one, discerning of spirits. To another one, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of those tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing each one individually as he wills. Again, it's a passage that we don't oftentimes talk about and teach about often, but it's a big deal. Paul made this passage a big deal in his teaching on the Holy Spirit. And he, he lists here, he lists nine gifts in this part right here. Now, this is not the only place in the Bible that we see the gifts of the Spirit. There's two other places. And so if you take those places along with this, there's about 21 gifts of the Spirit that, that the Bible talks about. But this spot right here is somewhat unique in that this is what Paul says is the manifestation or the, 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 the demonstration of the Spirit inside of you. That something of this will begin to come out. And you'll, you'll do these things for the benefit of other people around you. Now, they kind of break these down into three categories. The revelation gifts, the power gifts, and the spoken gifts. Now, what I want to do today quickly is I want to go through each one of these things and I want to talk a little bit about each one. I want to talk today at the end about how we kind of make this happen in our lives. And so I want to lump the first two together for a second. The word of, of wisdom and the word of knowledge. Now this morning in church, we don't always, but today we experienced one of these this morning happening in our church. Word of wisdom and word of knowledge. And so what, what these two things are, it sounds like they're the same, but they're actually not the same. Wisdom and knowledge are different. Wisdom is what you know about something. So wisdom, for instance, is when you see a black, a little black animal that's furry, got a white stripe up the back. Um, uh, oh, sorry, knowledge, sorry, knowledge there, there. Knowledge tells you that little furry animal is probably a skunk. Now, wisdom is the application of knowledge. 
And so wisdom tells you to turn and run before he turns his rear end at you. So that's wisdom and that's knowledge this morning. So when the Bible here says that God gives word of knowledge, he reveals something that only he would know to get your attention. So for instance, how does this work? Well, one time years back, this is not in this church. I was in ministry at another church. I was praying for someone at the, at the altar at that church, and the couple, I, I didn't know them. They were, that was their first time at our church. I'm not sure who they were, but I was praying for them, and God gave me this very specific thing about them. And as I start, was praying for them, God showed me that this couple had, the night before, had settled on the fact that they were going to get a divorce. And they actually had talked about it at their kitchen table, and they had both felt at peace with each other, for the first time in their entire married lives, they felt this sense of peace because they had finally come to the place where they said, we are going to get a divorce, and that they came to church that day to give God one more shot at their marriage. Okay, so when God says that to you, he better be right, right? Because if he's not right, and if I'm not right, that's pretty embarrassing. Can you imagine this telling this couple, they're like, no, we're wonderfully married, no. And so I, I said, okay, I said, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing that God's leading me in a direction. I, I could be wrong here. But I said, this is what I hear God saying to you. And so I told them what I just told you. And this woman starts crying. And the guy was like, how would you know that? And I said, well, funny. I said, it's, actually, I, I didn't know. To be honest with you. I was scared to tell you. He said, that's exactly what is going on in our lives. How did I know? Well, I don't know. But God knows, right? See, that's a gift of the spirit that God gives for the benefit of the, of the people. And so that is what we know as the word of knowledge. Jesus, of course, had a word of knowledge too. Jesus had these gifts in spades. I mean, Jesus had the gifts of spirit. And so at one point, Jesus, of course, met a woman at the well, and she explained some things to him, and he, she, he said, well, actually, you're right. You have had five husbands. The man you're now with is not your husband. And so she was blown away. She's like, how did you know that? He said, well, you know what? He said, I know because this, the Father has told me those things. You see, she was blown away. That's word of knowledge. And God does that to get our attention at times. And God uses moments like that even outside the church, right? I mean, you've seen before people do that. You're like, this is weird. This is crazy. I don't know how this works. Well, again, God is a God of the supernatural, isn't he, church? That's word of wisdom. Number, number two, this today is, or his next one is word of, word of wisdom. That's, that was word of knowledge. This is word of wisdom. God shares about how to apply the knowledge he's given us. An example, of course, would be when Jesus does this himself, when, uh, he, when his disciples are, are, are told to pay the temple tax in Matthew 17. Uh, Jesus responds and says to Peter, he says, go down, and as it says in verse 27, go down to the lake and throw in a line. Now, if you're a fisherman today, this would be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? Open the mouth of that first fish you catch, and in that you'll find a coin. Take the coin and pay the tax for both of us. What Jesus does there is Jesus gives a word of wisdom. Knowledge applied. Sometimes that is, that is miraculous. Sometimes it's just God speaking and applying what he's told us. But again, if it seems crazy or bizarre or out there, you have a God who's a God of the supernatural. Amen? 
That's how he works. And so the next one today is the discerning of spirits. This is where one's able to discern via the Spirit something happening supernaturally. Now, you ever been around someone before and you thought, ugh, some just ain't right here, right? You ever thought that before? Or maybe you've been around someone, you're like, this just feels right. You, you, you have this spiritual discernment sometime that God gives us. If you are a single person today, you should love this. You don't have to look at their farmers-only dating profile. You just got to know what the Spirit says, right? You know, that's it's a pretty good thing. But, but I've, I've got a, a friend of mine who, when he was a first a believer, received this gift. And so what happened was, was he had been a Christian just for a few months at this point, was selling furniture at a furniture store, and he was just doing his thing, and a lady walks in and says, I have a word for you, and he, she, she begins to show him things, and she says, I want to go out, let's go outside, and let's, I just want to share you, so she does, uh, na- naively, he goes outside, and she grabs his palm and starts reading the lines on his palm, and he was like, it felt weird and felt kind of bizarre, and she said, I see that you think this is weird. He said, so, she said, I'm going to tell you tonight, someone's going to walk in this store tonight. They're going to plop down $400 in cash. They're going to buy that table over there, and that's how you'll know I'm telling you the truth. And so she walks away, and that's exactly what happens. So later on that night, someone comes in with $400 cash and buys the table she points out. And so the next day, she comes back, and she says, you believe me now? And he says, well, yeah. And so she starts telling him stuff. And he says, honestly, it felt like a curse. It was just very bizarre feeling. She was reading my palm. She was talking about how I was going to have a divorce and how I was going to walk through this and walk through that. And she's just going on. He said, but she was right about the table. And so maybe what she's saying is, is right. You see, church, we need to have discerning of spirits, don't we? Because there is some crazy stuff happening in our world nowadays. Things like that do happen. And so as he's driving home that night, God speaks to him and says, what you witnessed tonight is not of me. See, the enemy also can do some weird things too, can't he? And so he said, that's not of me. What I want you to do is I want you to reject what you experienced tonight. That was not a me thing. And he has since learned some signs from what she had done that was wrong. But the reality is, is that discerning of spirits is a big blessing that God gives. And sometimes God uses other people around us to do this for us. Now, I want to pause for a minute today because before we move on to the next part, the power gifts, you have to understand that sometimes you can be wrong when it comes to these first three gifts. I knew a guy in college at North Central University where I went to school who was there because some lady in the church he grew up in had this word from God for him that someday he was going to preach before thousands of people. Now, this guy shouldn't have preached before tens of people. Like, he was, this, this just wasn't him, and he knew it. And he hated the idea of preaching. And I remember one, after one class one day, we had a preaching class, and he was miserable and frustrated. We sat down with him at, at, in our dorm room. We said, Steve, uh, why, why are you here, we said. And we said, what, what are you doing here? He said, well, he said, I, I'm supposed to preach the mess, gospel. And we were like, well, how do you know? And he's told us a story. And we said, well, do you want to? He said, no, I don't want to do this whatsoever. I just want to go do anything else 
but preach. And we said, well, then go do that. He said, but the lady told me I had to. You see, you have to know that sometimes people are wrong, right? Sometimes you are wrong. You can think you have a word from the Lord, and what you have is you have a word from the pizza you had last night, right? Like you don't always know. And here's how you do know, is that the Holy Spirit will work in your heart when it's right God will show you it's right. When it's wrong, God will show you it's wrong. Church, I, I've said it every day through this series, you have to know how to hear the voice of the Spirit. Because when you do, life goes from being old, the old-style TV, the black-and-white TV, to super-high definition. When you know how to listen to and hear the voice of the Spirit. So those gifts right there are awesome. We move now into the power gift. Next three right here, are, 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 are the first one is, is healing. And when Jesus was in ministry, one thing is clear, he healed people. And church, he still heals people, right? He still does things like this. He is, he's still working like this. And God uses people with gifts of healing at times to do something extraordinary. My knee is a great example of this happening. I, a, year, a couple of years back when I was first the pastor of this church, we had a guy here uh, by the name of, of Dr. David Nichols who has the gift of healing. And he, he came up here, and we, we had a preaching one morning, and he stood right here and he said, God's going to heal someone's knee in this room today. And I, that morning, I, I had actually messed my knee up again. It's a long story, I won't tell it, but my knee was hurting that morning. I was concerned about surgery. But I didn't think about this. And so he prayed for people, and he said, no, 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 pastor, it's your knee God's going to heal. Come on up. And I'm like, Psh, okay. I wasn't like, whatever, but I'm like, I, I didn't think of this. So I came up to the front. He put his arm around me and began to pray for me, and God healed my knee instantly. And from that point forward, that morning, it was clicking, things were moving. It was all, all kinds of stuff going on. This knee right here from that point forward is as strong and powerful and mighty as it ever has been before. God healed it. God uses people with a gift of healing at times. I heard a testimony once of a pastor's wife who has a gift of healing for women who can't have children. I don't know where she's from. I don't know what, she, what the deal is, but there, people will go and they'll have, she'll pray for them to be healed. And there's testimony after testimony after testimony of women who have, have been prayed by her, prayed for by her, who have had children. And so those things don't happen unless God still does what His Word says that He does. A amen. There's gifts of healing. There's gifts of of miracles. This is the next one. This is, this is an example of signs and wonders. It's signs that make you wonder what just happened. This is different from healing in that these are things that have no possible explanation. Jesus did these too, where Jesus turned water into wine. When Jesus raised the dead, Jesus had the gift of working of miracles. And, and Paul the Apostle, uh, they also saw these two as time went on. Acts chapter 26, verse 8, talks about a time when, when King Agrippa was, was very skeptical of all these things. And so Paul said, why should it be a thought that a thing that is incredible with you, that God should be able to raise the dead? See, God can do things like that. And see, when God performed a miracle in the Bible, it's done for one purpose. It's done to point to God to give him glory and to express his power over everything. 
You can't buy this ability. You can't work hard enough to try to get this thing to happen. God works as he works. God gives gifts of healing. God gives gifts of miracles. The next one, God gives the gift of faith. Not just faith to believe. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, all of us have been given a measure of faith. What this talks about is there are some among us that have an extra level of faith whose faith is meant to lead us and to be a blessing to us in the body. Uh, John Seafelt, who you heard from a few minutes ago, John has the gift of faith. There are times in our board meeting when we're not sure what's going to go on, and John says something, it's just like, man, yeah, he, he infuses the place with faith, and that's a gift that God has given the people of his church. Church, sometimes God gives things like that. We also read in Acts chapter 6, verse 8, Stephen was full of faith and power and did great wonders and miracles among the people. These things were attributed to Stephen's faith. Of course, lastly is the spoken gifts. I'm not going to spend time on those today because I did a few weeks back in our, in our message on the baptism in the Spirit. But if you want to know what those were, go ahead and look back at those things. But I'm going to close this morning with this. I want to talk today a little bit about how to activate these gifts. As the band comes forward this morning, how do you make these things happen in your life? How does this begin to take place in the life of a believer? The first one you have to trust that God can use you in this way. You have to trust that God can do this. You see, a lot of us would believe in the supernatural. We believe that there are gifts. We believe in these things happening around us. But we don't oftentimes believe. We don't say that God can use us in this process. Right? You might say, well, God can do miracles. God can do big, God can do big things. Well, sure he can. But you oftentimes don't realize that God can use us in this process. And how he knows? Well, what this verse starts off by saying, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Either it says each one or it doesn't, right? Either, it's, either you are in each one or you are not in each one this morning. Which one are you going to choose to believe? Truthfully, this morning, there's a great way to fix this. If you, if you misunderstand this, Read the Word of God. As our word was to this morning, read the Word of God. The Word of God is chock full of examples of when God uses ordinary people to do super extraordinary things. God has done that from the beginning of time, and God continues to do that in our day as, as well. you got to trust that God can use you. And number two this morning is you got to ask God to anoint you with power to use yours. Would you stand across this room this morning? Would you cl close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? Would you bow your hearts this morning? You go ahead and do that today. And I want to just ask you today to understand the fact that God can anoint you with power to use the gifts that he has given you this morning. Have you ever started your day before with this question of God saying, God, can you use me today in some amazing way? Years back, I began to start my day off by praying something like that. When I said, Lord, would you use me today? Would you anoint my mind? Would you anoint my lips? Would you anoint my hands? 
Lord, may my hands be agents of your blessing. Lord, may my mouth, Lord, bring, speak only of life and only of blessing. Lord, may my eyes see as you see. May my feet take me where you want them to go. Lord, may my hands be, God, use me. Lord, anoint me today. Church, as your head is bowed, as your eyes closed this morning, ask God to anoint you with power to use the gifts that God has given you. The truth this morning is I bet you many of us in this room, if you're a believer, you probably know that God has given you some gifts. But maybe it's been a while since you've actually seen God use you to be a blessing to somebody else. So that's my question for you today. Would you change that tune this morning? Would you trust that God can use you, number one? And then number two, would you ask? The word says you have not because you ask not. And when our entire life is marked by us doing just as much as we possibly can do to be as safe and to be as predictable and to be as easy to understand as we do, it's any wonder why we don't see God do these things in us and through us. Ask God to anoint you with power to use yours. And then the third one today is put yourself in a position to be used by God. Again, head bow, eyes closed. John chapter 14, Jesus says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Verse 12, most assuredly I tell you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, will he do also. And greater works than than these will he do. Jesus said, you've seen me heal the sick. You've seen me raise the dead. You've seen me do some things in my life. He says, but you know what? If you believe in me, greater things will you do than these things. That's not my words, right? I didn't come up with that. That's what Jesus is telling us right here. And he's saying, and whatever you ask in my name that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in through me. Ask whatever in my name, he says, and I will do it. See, that's the key this morning. When he says, when you ask about this, ask things that will glorify the Father. See, I wonder if some of us have asked for miracles or things that God might do through us that aren't bringing God glory, but bringing us glory or somebody else. Heads bowed, eyes closed this morning. Church, I want you to be encouraged today, but I also want you to be challenged this morning. That it's possible you haven't seen God do these things in your life because you have not done them as according with the scriptures. Teach us how God works in these moments. Do you believe that or not? I want us to make a confession this morning. You might be here today and say, Pastor Steve, I I don't even know Jesus yet. I've never given my heart to him. And that's if that's you today, I am so glad that you're here. This series has been teaching. This series has probably been more aimed towards the people that are longtime believers. But I've, we have not forgotten about you. We are thankful that you are here this morning. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus, but you want to, you, you've read the Bible or you've heard about the Bible, you said, yeah, God seems to do stuff, but I haven't seen that in my life yet. And you might say, Pastor, I want Jesus in my heart, 
that's the first miracle that you can ever possibly know. That when he calls you, that's a miracle. When he calls your name, he is doing a miracle. And your response is to say, yes, Lord, I want you. This morning, I'm going to pray. And if you're here today, and you'd say, Pastor, I want to know Jesus as my Savior. I want you to pray with me. We're all going to pray, but especially you this morning. Would you pray with me this morning? Ask him into your life. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for everything I've done wrong. Wash me. Clean me. Make me brand new. From this point forward, I'm yours. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone says, amen and amen. Give God some glory this morning, church. For those who have come to know Jesus this morning, man. All the time I hear people say, Pastor, I pray that prayer with you this morning. But we're not done yet. Because if you're here today and you're like me, in that moment at Caribou, at the coffice on Wednesday morning when I said, I'm not sure what I would do. I said, God, I said, I'm preaching on the supernatural on Sunday, and here I think, I don't know what I would do if you used me in this way. You know what we have to do in those moments? We have to stop and just say, God, I make a confession today, Lord, if you would use me. Would you raise your hand? Would you raise your heart today? And let's do that this morning. Let's just, let's just ask him today. As the band plays, as the band leads us in worship, I want to encourage you today to just ask him. Maybe today you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I don't know what my gifts are. Ask him. Say, Lord, reveal them to me. Lord, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm just here. I just kind of show up. I just, I, I love you. I've got a heart for you. But, and Lord, I, I believe that there's things you can do through me. But I just haven't seen it yet, Lord Jesus. I don't know if I'm a person who prays for people. to. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. But God, I want you. Ask him this morning. You have not because you ask not. And maybe today you're here and you know what God's called you to. And you found yourself in a place where you are comfortable. And you have insulated yourself with all kinds of comfortable things. And you have discovered that you have been so long since you've seen God use you and use the gifts that you have to bring to the table. The Word says those gifts are a blessing to all. And that the Holy Spirit shows himself through that this morning. I want to encourage you as the band plays and leads us in worship, either ask God, Lord, what are the gifts you have for me? Or number two, Lord, Activate those gifts in my life.